fake, fake, fakeity fake. Hi, I'm Jody. And I'm Vienna. And welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast Rebel News, and then talk about the slow, agonizing death of the monarch with my friend Vienna. You know, monarch butterflies are endangered now. Um, it's kind of sad. Um, you know, it is... It, it's interesting that Rebel would be talking about the decline in population of an insect species, but sure, yeah. <laughs> They're worried because people are eating them. They're being forced to eat them by the W. <laughs> Sorry, that was last week's episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're you're getting things mixed up, Jody. This is, you know, I'm I'm right in that they're talking about modern butterflies, of course, but <laughs> you're you're wrong that people are eating them. <laughs> How are you, Vieto? fine i don't know um yeah nothing nothing of note to report how are you i'm good as well i should say to the audience listening at home because with the last few episodes we recorded more i guess uh in close succession uh in part because i got busy with the kids going back to school but uh we should be all caught up now i think the only other thing is uh in a couple weeks Things might get a little bit weird again because I'm going on vacation for a week. But we'll we'll work that out when we arrive at that point. And as per this episode, I should say, because I've been saying like, oh, this is probably going to be a short episode and then we talk forever. But this might actually be a short episode. So if a short yeah. episode is your thing, enjoy this one. <laughs> I've I've been refraining from like, queen is dead jokes i've been refraining from 9-11 jokes like i've you know we're really cutting this one slim we'll see by the end you might <laughs> spoiler alert there might, there might be some queen talk i'll just uh i'll throw it yeah out. yeah yeah so uh i guess you have to wait around and find out hello my rebels hello my rebels I'm a good boy. I'm a weirdo. This week we covered September 5th to September 9th. And on the 5th, it was Labor Day. So rather than take a day off, they instead just did a, I guess, uh, I mean, they kind of did take the day off. They phoned it in. It was basically, I think Sheila was guest hosting, and she just played clips of all the CPC leadership candidates since the election is coming. Well, in their time, it was coming up this following weekend. We now know that Pierre has uh, won, but back when they did this episode, uh, they, they just played all their, their greatest hits of every time Leslie Lewis was on the show, whenever Roman Baber was on the show, Every time they got to, like, yell questions at Pierre in, like, media scrums. So they just played all of that, and uh, there's no point in going over any of that again. So <laughs> so that's Labor Day. Uh, I'm, I hope all of you spent your time uh, unionizing or doing uh, nothing at all. Because that's what you're supposed to do on Labor Day, I suppose. No, what you're supposed to do is... Uh, have a day off if you're like an office worker and then retail workers and fast food chains get to work because um, 
Labor Day is a false international workers' day invented by America to not have solidarity with the rest of the world. So, fuck September Labor Day. May Day. True, but my point is, since they're calling it Labor Day anyways and giving you the time off, but if you have to work because you're in retail or fast food, I say uh, it gives you the perfect opportunity to talk about unionizing at work. What is your manager going to say? Not talk about the day that you're not allowed to have off? Like, come on. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Strike a blow at the bosses in any way you can. So that brings us up to September 6th, the Tuesday. And uh, I guess Trudeau had come out saying that everyone needs to get a booster shot. And he said... Basically that, you know, if we all come forward and get our boosters and like work together as a team, we probably won't have to go into any shutdown or lockdowns again. And Ezra takes this as a threat, <laughs> as if Trudeau is actually good to like, he's like, he's like, Trudeau is not telling you to get your shot or they're like not going to close down. This is clearly evidence that they're going to lock down. He's like preparing us for it. And I honestly don't think we're going to lock down. I don't even think Trudeau would follow through on this threat. I just think that he really wants people to get boosters. And if it, if it takes him being like, come on, you don't want to lock down again to get people to get boosters, whatever. But then we get to the interview segment, and it's with someone named Nicole Scheidel, who is a lawyer and director of the Canadian Physicians for Life. And... I was expecting uh, that this was going to involve a talk about abortion, but was actually mm -hmm. about uh, medical assistance and dying. Okay. Their organization does, you know, try to, like, train doctors, like, the pro-life, uh, including don't provide abortions, uh, sort of, like, way of doing things, and they fund schools to try to, like, train doctors to not give abortions. <laughs> uh and they're also against medical assistance in dying. It's just uh, not great overall, but they didn't really say much. And like we've covered a little bit of it recently that there is like a scandal that exists uh, within our MAID system and how it's offering MAID as a treatment for people with disabilities uh, when we could be funding them and giving them better lives. Uh, and that's not what MAID should have been for. And so there's elements in which we agree with the criticism, but the thing that wor worried me at least about this interview was the fact that now you have pro-life, far-right uh, Christian organizations that are trying to capitalize on this very real scandal to push uh, their Christo-fascism on the rest of us. So probably not great. Yeah. That being said, nothing really happened in this interview that like was like, whoa, I got to look into this. And as far as I could tell, there was nothing other than the fact that Nicole Scheidel seems to be someone who works for a, a, a Christo-fascist organization that is trying to indoctrinate doctors. Uh, beyond that, <laughs> not too much to talk about. Which brings us to the seventh. And uh, Ezra is mad about... I guess he, he just spends most of the episode talking about energy policies and how crappy they are. Uh, and he wants to focus in on the fact that I guess California recently had to uh, 
like they sent out a bunch of emergency notices through like social media and stuff telling people not to use energy past a certain point in order so that they wouldn't overwhelm the uh the energy grid while they were experiencing a heat wave and yeah. so Ezra's basically reacting to that with his similar talking points about like ethical oil and how we need how this is all a problem with like green energy and stuff like this right but <sighs> it, <laughs> but at one point he's like he's like how did how did we get to this point right like he's trying to speculate like, how did how did we get to this current thing where like the green energy people are making us like not run our air conditioners at night or whatever, <laughs> whatever he thinks is going on and he kind of puts the blame on, like, Greta Thunberg, but, like, in the weirdest, most Ezra way possible. Greta Thunberg is a great symbol. Now, she didn't cause this. She was a symptom of this. PR over substance, ignorance over science, a new religion to replace the old religion, something to believe in. But really what gets me about Greta is that she wasn't wise, she wasn't smart, she wasn't charismatic, her entire appeal was that she was a child, and not just a child, but a very young-looking child. She looks much younger than she is, and she looks slightly touched. I think she's on the spectrum a bit. It was her very ignorance that was cast as the new kind of wisdom. And a child shall lead them. You know where that phrase is from, right? It's from the Bible, the book of Isaiah. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, they mean a baby goat, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Those are impossible things, though. A wolf getting along with a lamb, a leopard with a baby goat, a lion and a calf, and a, and a little child leading them all, that's a description of an impossible place, utopia, or the promise of heaven when the Messiah comes. That's why it's in the Bible. It's a fantastical vision of what will come after the Messiah returns. In real life, don't put wolves with lambs. Don't do that. They'll eat the lambs. We protect lambs from wolves in real life. We don't let children lead. Either us or wild animals, they are just children. Imagine taking that phrase from the book of Isaiah literally and doing it. Well, I think we did. I think we let a child, I think we let a child lead us, a real child like Greta. So I got distracted by a couple of things there. Uh, one, describing Greta Thunberg as touched was what a little bit like... Th that feels like ableism, but it's an ableism that yes. feels so old-timey that I don't even understand <laughs> what it is. Um, because, like, the myth used to be that, like, I don't know, they were, like, touched by, like, an elf or whatever. And, like, that was what... I don't know. It's but, so Touched old. by the moon. Touched by the moon. Um, I don't know. Touched by an but, angel? <laughs> But the other thing was, like, he went on, like, that long little, like, oh, wow, these are impossible things. Jesus is supposed to be the proof of that to Christians. Um, you know, he is, he is the Lamb of God. He is the child leading them, yada, yada. But then he also talked about when the Messiah returns. I don't think he was actually saying that he thinks that Jesus will return, though. I don't... But, but acknowledgement of 
there having been a messiah on earth is just like not (laughs) that is not a jewish belief ezra like that is a very christian belief listen Um, we all know that ezra might harbor some secret christian feelings you know yeah yeah Uh, no i mean that's my like secret conspiracy is that ezra is a christian already um and that like he's just holding on holding off on like announcing it so that he can continue to like downplay his and like those adjacent to him's anti-semitism when he finally does though i hope he gets baptized on the podcast (laughs) see i hope i just want to know what what branch is gonna be like that's gonna be the exciting thing for me the branch davidians (laughs) perfect exactly um yeah like i straight up tuned out after he said like when the messiah returns because i was like this is not a belief that he can have (laughs) from like assuming he meant it type of way or whatever i don't know some when he says things that are like so christian that it's like non-ignorable my ma- my brain just like latches onto it too much. I just find like in the context of everything he said, it's weird to just reflect on what he's talking about is a young activist who was just like maybe I don't want the world to burn. And this and like he goes from that to like weave this like narrative about like you know the wolves laying with the children. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a like <laughs> Like, it's such a a journey of a, like, short little clip because it's like, he starts off with like, oh, you know, the power problems in California. I don't directly blame Greta Thunberg, but the lion and the lamb. (laughs) I think the funny thing, too, is like, it's in part, like, infantilizing her so much. And then the other part of it uh, is like, oddly, like, the thing is, like, she's not a leader necessarily like she was maybe a leader in terms of getting young people active you know but like there there wasn't a sense in which like uh i mean the environmental movement has been around for a while there's like different like uh different strains and different movements and everyone putting pressure points everywhere like to to make it all about greta is it itself like a weird thing to do because it tries to like diminish all the work that everyone has done by making it all about this one person. And then you infantilize that one person to make everyone else look foolish somewhat for like following her. Or at least like that's the attempt he's trying to make when it's like, I don't know, but <laughs> even, even it's funny. Cause like Pierre uh, won the, the conservative election and he's friends with Ezra and even he came out and said things about like climate change being real in his acceptance speech. Now, does that mean Pierre's going to do anything? No, but it's just funny that Ezra sits on a show this whole, all the time saying that climate change isn't real, and the one person he endorses will go out and say that it's, uh, it's real. It's like he, he's holding on to something that everyone else has moved past, you know? Yes, like saying touched, yeah. <laughs> referring to a... And, like, she's open about, like, the fact that she's autistic, isn't she? Yeah, she's very open. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, like, you know, it's not speculating on his part. No. In any way. It's just, like, needless ableism for, like, its own sake. 
Yeah, we should say, like, he, he's saying it to say that, like, because she's autistic, she can't, like, I don't know, have good ideas or think, like, I don't <laughs> or lead, yeah. you know, like, autistic people are just as well-functioning as some other people. They're just different. Yeah, and just, like, I don't know, California Power, et cetera, et cetera, it's like, wow, you're saying that the privatized, broken-up California <laughs> electricity system is flawed? The one that hasn't had its infrastructure updated in like 50 years and keeps sparking so bad that it lights forest fires is flawed? Maybe it should be a public utility. The the only information that I could find that had to do with uh, the solar energy being an issue during the heat wave had to do with the fact that the forest fires were creating so much smog that the smog was inhibiting the ability of the solar panels to work. But it's like, th- th- that's like... Should have planned ahead. <laughs> Should have thought about that. I know. Should have thought that world-ending flames would come. <laughs> but there's like a sense in which it's like, the lesson from that is not to exacerbate the problem which is causing the forest fires, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> The other part of it is like, so California's energy is 47% uh, natural gas. And the other issue with the solar stuff is like, more there would be more solar input into the grid. But as you were talking about, uh, the people who have been trying to create like home solar energy and stuff like this have been constantly fighting with the utility companies who basically have cornered the market and they like natural gas. In fact, they pretty much are natural gas providers. And so they don't want this new renewable energy people to cut in on their game that they've cornered for like ever. So that's it. <laughs> I think solar energy only made up about like 14% of the energy. So it's like it's all fear mongering over absolutely nothing pretty much. Or in terms of like blaming solar. They really have to start using like thermal for the fires, you know, like, <laughs> oh, everywhere's on fire. Okay, boom. Thermal energy, right there. You're welcome, California. I solved your power issues. They already have a big chunk that uh, is... They had a whole category called Other, which was pretty big, that also had geothermal in it and stuff like this. It was basically hydroelectric, solar and wind, and then Other, and then uh, nuclear was only like 9%, and then natural gas was like 47%. So, But yeah, it's... Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, it, it sucked that they had to do it, but, like, I, I mean, I, I find this funny, too, because a lot of these people are blaming, like, California as if it's a leftist problem and then pointing to, like, renewable energy or whatever, when it's, like, Texas's power grid actually failed when they uh, had their, like, freeze spell. But California's did not. They actually got together, reduced their energy consumption, and it didn't collapse. And you know what? Good on them. The heat waves are going to become more unpredictable. Coming together as a society and doing something uh, to prevent a catastrophe like this is exactly what we should be doing. So maybe more of that in the future, regardless of what these assholes want to talk about. That being said, he then interviews Joel Pollock, who, again, all they talk about is fucking California, <laughs> the solar panel and all the uh, solar, solar power, the solar power and all that nonsense so we'll skip that part of it but it i do want to play a joel pollock clip because it has been a while i feel like he went away for a while 
he used to call in once a week and disrespect Ezra by having his phone going off. And in this clip, you'll hear he sounds like he's recording at a construction site or something. <laughs> but uh, they move the conversation away from California to talk about the now infamous Joe Biden speech. Where I guess Joe Biden called the MAGA Republicans semi-fascist. And in the this speech, he was standing in front of... Uh, uh, a red pillar of light. And of course, the right wing has lost their mind about this, in part because of the comments about semi-fascism, but the other part is because, like, you know, standing in front of the color red, and I guess there was two military members behind him that somehow this is, like, the most evil thing you could ever do. And so Joel Pollack and Ezra are both going to sort of, like, talk about this speech. And you'll be surprised... I'm actually surprised with how Joe Pollock addresses it, even though he takes it in a very weird direction. He was angry. He called his opponents, he implied they were fascists. He denounced any MAGA Republicans, which was, you know, any, any one of the millions of people who voted for Trump. He, he said they were a threat to democracy. It was a fascist speech in a fascist setting. What on earth happened, Joel? What was that all about? Did he know he was doing it? Who approved that? What was the point of that? So I think it is a deliberate attempt to make the election about Trump and to rally the Democratic base to come out against Trump, to frighten them into thinking that if they give congressional power back to Republicans in the midterm elections this year, that means bringing back the evil, bad orange man. So I think that's very much uh, what they were aiming to do. As for the staging of it, I think they hoped that Independence Hall would provide a patriotic setting. They would allow Biden to champion or posture as the champion of the De Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, both of which were drafted there. But, you know, I think that the people in the Biden administration just are at a certain level incompetent. They did not know how to stage that speech properly. If you saw a wide angle view of the speech, it looked less ominous. So they probably looked at pictures of Independence Hall and thought, oh, that looks great, red, white, and blue. They didn't realize that when the camera panned in, when it zoomed in on Biden, all you would see is the red. Likewise, they thought that having Marines behind the president would emphasize the patriotism of the location. Instead, it looked like they were Imperial Guards from the Death Star in Star Wars. You know, it looked really bad. Plus, it was a disgrace for the Marines to have to be exploited that way in a political speech. So I think there was some incompetent staging. You never would have seen that at the Trump White House because say what you will about his tweets, he had a definite feel for stagecraft, having come from the entertainment industry, the real estate world. So he understood how to stage a speech. Oh, wow. The Marines looked like Imperial Guards from Star Wars. Oh, you mean the things that they're supposed to look like? <laughs> you mean the thing that Imperial Guards are based off of? Like, whoa, whoa you're saying the empire is bad um there's also the pearl clutching i mean trump <laughs> yeah. like did speeches like this in front of uh marines before there's even a speech of trump calling the democrats fascists while marines are behind him so it's, it's not like this is uh uh new i guess except like in fairness to biden the trump people are if not semi-fascist, definitely fascist. So, you know, I have no yeah. 
no problem with Biden saying those words. And like the way that they're like, oh my God, I can't believe this president will talk about like half the population like this uh, or whatever they do. Uh, and it's just like, have you heard the way you guys talk about everyone else? <laughs> like, it's so pathetic. It's so pathetic. They're just constantly aggrieved little babies. I do think that like all American government officials should have to speak in front of the like ominous lighting. Um, just because it does make it more clear that like, oh yeah, they're the baddies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I do love it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I do love that it's a, at least Pollock even acknowledges that it was a cropped shot because a lot of the other Republican people didn't do that when it's like, yeah, okay. So, it's, so it was supposed to be red, white, and blue. But it zoomed in on where Biden was standing, and right behind Biden was the red, so you didn't get the full effect of the red, white, and blue. But then I'm like, I don't know how much, like, the cameraman, like, thought that all this through or knew that that was going to happen or whatnot. Like, who cares? I mean, no. On that, <laughs> on that point, though, like, it is very like, a pretty, like, big display of incompetence on the part of, like, whoever designed it because it's like how many millions or whatever did they spend on that and like they didn't look at it from a close-up angle <laughs> you know like they're like oh the camera's not gonna zoom in like the one the one that was annoying to me that was somebody took like uh like a journalist took a shot that was like from down below and like biden was clenching his fists and like the funny thing about that picture is, like, you can't really blame that one on, like, Biden's staging because that was a journalist themselves, like, positioning themselves in a way to get a shot that made him look super fascist. And that was the one they sort of, like, ran with. Or it's like, I feel like the one from the camera, even though there's, like, it's red backlit or whatever, didn't look as terrible when watching it live. But, like... See, that's way. the thing is, like, people are talking about it looking terrible. It looked cool as fuck. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Like, yeah, American presidents should look like cartoony dictators. That's what they are. <laughs> like, you know, Biden's at least being honest with it. I mean, there's some elements in which I wish he was a little bit, I wish he had a little bit more pep in his, like, feistiness that would, like, he would mean it when standing in front of Red, you know? <laughs> Because, I mean, he still, he still comes across as, like, trying to appeal to, like, the, the more moderate Republicans, you know? Yeah. No, it would have been great if he were giving that speech and, in the meantime, like, the rest of the Marines had been deployed to, like, execute the Republican Party, <laughs> like, heads. That would have been great. That would have been so cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and you know what? Even just putting him in jail. But I mean, at least that one would be a little bit more honest, considering a lot of them have broken laws. So, But we don't even get that in our version of America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's we it. We get the cartoony <laughs> dictatorship without, without the dictatorship part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, elements of it. Just a, a weak, weak-kneed dictatorship. <laughs> yeah, like... You know, put some pep in your step, bud. Yeah. So then we get to September 8th, and uh, David Menzies is guest hosting. 
And he spends the whole time complaining about this letter that a bunch of journalists wrote uh, to Trudeau about the harassment they're receiving from the right wing, including the more recently elected Pierre. And David, like, gets really creepy with it, too, because I guess, like, one of the main people, like, running this we've talked about already, which is Rachel Gilmore, and he had some offhand comment that uh, read to me is very creepy, where I guess, like, she had pinned to her Twitter for a while an image of her getting a booster shot uh, with the with COVID vaccine, and she's mm-hmm. wearing a tank top, and, like, Menzies creepily comments on that, uh, so... I didn't clip it, but, you know, the, the, he just, rather than, like, you know, realizing that now he's engaging in the same har- harassment, uh, he just has to comment on a young woman journalist in a creepy way, so. Yeah. He then has uh, Jim Carahelios on to talk about Doug Ford, and it was, they they've done this now, like, several times, and Jim, like, tries to, like, criticized Doug Ford from the right about how he's not right wing enough and it's just very weird and uh but never anything worth like quoting or clipping or anything so I didn't which takes us to the ninth and this is when we get our queen segment on the Friday and Ezra reaches out to his good friend Lord or ex-Lord Conrad Black to talk about the passing of the queen now we say ex lord is because uh, Conrad Back Black was era- arrested for fraud. He was eventually pardoned by Donald Trump, and uh, just a really crappy, crappy human being. But because he knew the Queen and knew some of the royal family, Ezra wants to get all the inside scoop. <laughs> and I don't Unfortunately, even. Unfortunately, <laughs> he is still a lord. I thought they removed the lordship. It was the Order of Canada that got removed? Yeah. Okay. And he got a bunch of Canadian things removed. All of his British stuff stayed. You can do... Listen, you can do much worse things than fraud and maintain your, like, noble title in the UK, you know? I mean, you could be friends... Look at a certain Prince Andrew, you know? I was just gonna say, you could be friends with Jeffrey Epstein and still be the Queen's son. (laughs) Yeah. And still be the Queen's favorite son. Is Lord. Yeah. Uh, so Conrad, I mean, Conrad sucks. There wasn't much to take away from this. The funny things that happened was uh, they talked a lot about how because the queen was around for so long, it feels like a family member is gone. And I just feel that a lot of people have a weird parasocial relationship with the queen. Yeah. That I just don't understand. She's all of our grandmas, Jody. No, she isn't. <laughs> Every single living human's grandmother is Queen Elizabeth II. It's so weird how they talk about her, though. They, like, like, her presence was... She was a presence. Yeah. And now that her presence is gone, we're missing something. And it's like... She was never really a presence in my life unless I had to hear about her and I didn't I never wanted to hear about her. <laughs> she's she's your distant grandma. She's their felt distant grandma. You know? No, I don't know. I mean like I've actually talked to my grandma. <laughs> There's a little bit of a difference, you know? In fact, I would say 
having a parasocial relationship with like online people that a lot of people do with like Twitch streamers or whatever is even way more normal than having a parasocial relationship with the queen. In my See, humble but opinion. it's all it's all just more accessible versions of that same relationship, Jody. It's all, you know, they want to have that relationship with the queen, but they can only have it with Rob Rousseau or um, <laughs> Jody Tom Chishin or uh, fucking the Alberta Advantage. I don't know. So we're like sur- is... surrogate, surrogate uh, queens? Is... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if if this were medieval times... Those would be the people that you would back in, like, you know, whatever civil war was going on. You would be like, okay, yeah, there's a succession crisis. Of course I'm going to back Rob. Like, (laughs) of course I'm going to back Eric from Big Shiny Takes. Of course I'm going to back Jeremy. Like, (laughs) you know? Yeah, we're... And whatever faction they end up joining up with to, like, put on the throne. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm with my parasocial <laughs> podcast I, host. I can't wait for the coronation of Jeremy Appel's substack. That's... <laughs> See, that'll be... He'll be um, the, the like, herald of the new monarch. It'll be announced on the, app, the Appel Orchard. The <laughs> other... <laughs> uh, so it gets, like... They spend a lot of time as well being like, the Commonwealth, it works. And they never really address how it works. They just be like, like yeah, the queen is there, and then things work. They, <laughs> they, they just work, you know? Yeah, they just work. They just, you know, she just interferes with Parliament so that you she can, like, keep her income hidden. She just Only you know, makes sure that... You know, she just makes sure that, like, racial and sexual harassment discrimination policies don't apply to the palace. Um, she just, you know. Only sometimes. A little. And it works. Yeah, it works. it works. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. You don't even have to think about it. It just works. She's been there works. forever. Yeah. You just, you just spend, you know, double that it would to buy the top five largest British corporations on uh, one lady's funeral. It works. They also spend the time, like everyone else has, where, like, you know, you shouldn't criticize the queen because, like, she's she's there and she's beautiful and she's just been this, like... Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was, you know, and that's why it's, like, we're in mourning. Like, you can't criticize, you gotta respect, etc. Uh, but the the other thing is, like, they they paint this picture of how apolitical she is when, of course, she's been involved in politics. That's just complete nonsense. But they then reflect on, uh, you know, now King Charles and uh, whether or not he can or cannot remain uh, political or apolitical. So here's what they have to say about that. Uh, normally, when you get a person coming into an office, whether it's a new prime minister or president or monarch, whatever it is, uh, it, it, people are disposed, as they should be, to hope for the best, give him or her a chance, yeah. you know, and just hope it goes well. Uh, and I think he will benefit from that. Like, I think he'll be it, it made for what my two cents are worth. I think he'll be fine as long as he remembers 
that he is now representing everyone and not just giving his own opinions. If, if he doesn't moderate the um, sharpness of some of his opinions expressed quite reasonably in, in the sense that he had every right to it when he was the Prince of Wales, uh, particularly in areas of environment and so on, when people are suffering terribly from right. increasing prices of gasoline and home fuel and so on. If, if he if he plays it carefully and diplomatically in that area, I think he'll be fine. He'll be very conscientious. He'll work hard. Uh, he's a he's a very agreeable personality. He's an intelligent man. I think I think it'll be fine. But he, I, I just hope he doesn't backslide and forget himself and say things that are bound to offend at least half the people. Yeah. 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 I mean, as as king, he's not allowed to say anything disagreeable. Chucky sits on his chair and he just has to stay silent. I, I do wonder, like, so say say he does come out and he's like, whatever, pro, like, uh, pro-climate change stuff that he comes out and says while being king, will they be like, we now get to criticize her even though we've spent multiple days on Twitter yelling at anyone who criticized the queen for her politics <laughs> by saying, like, we're in mourning and she's this wonderful thing that we have to protect and to celebrate i don't know i just don't think people care like i don't think the funeral will be over by the time people like just fully don't know about it anymore you know i feel like already in like daily life nobody gives a shit but i feel like it'll be to the point where nobody will even remember that anything happened tomorrow like until his ugly mug is on all of our money they're not gonna and do then that. it'll stare in our face with his sausage fingers you just have the fingers on the, the <laughs> band on the, on the coin you'll be able to identify him by this you'll know who's monarch the, they just have a bratwurst and it just says king charles <laughs> That's who I'd worship as. I'm, I don't even eat meat, and I'd worship that as a monarch. I'm down. The sausage, and it's like, that's our Chuck. It's and <laughs> <laughs> that's the $20 bill. <laughs> oh, God. God. Yeah. I hate the monarch. No, like, it, yeah, it's just, like, so... <sighs> Did you see that they booed it in Scotland, though? They booed it they booed the like funeral <laughs> or like the <laughs> king's like accession while it's happening like a bunch of people got arrested like oh my god yeah it's such a joke i don't like i i don't understand how there could be anyone that supports a monarchy like even in like in america it's even weird all the like conservatives coming out supporting it like what the fuck do you think america was the only cool thing that America did was leave the monarchy. The only cool thing they did. I the, the liberal Americans too. I just think everybody wants everybody wants a nana, you know? Not me. <laughs> and that's communism, folks. I just want a big bearded Marx to sing me to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Solidarity. <laughs> <laughs>
throw some tomato juice on um whatever statue best resent or represents monarchist politics in your city it probably won't get noticed right away uh that or spray it with salt water and it probably won't get noticed right away but it will lead to like long-term rusting and like that kind of shit and it'll just make it like you know not cap- not worth keeping up pretty quickly i got nothing to read it, we recorded like two days ago i don't think i've read any like interesting articles since yeah just like do whatever you can to like disrespect the memory of the monarchy have some sausage think about the king you know <laughs> yeah sure yeah <laughs> that's all i got and if you support and enjoy what you've heard so far uh, please give us a few bucks over on patreon.com slash imperial news you want to stay informed about what we're doing you can also find us on twitter at imperial news with a z we have a discord set up i have restarted doing twitch streams they're gonna be on monday wednesday and friday but i usually will start at 10 in the morning uh a bunch of people came this morning it was lovely and uh come come and join uh you can find uh, videos on our youtube channel i also set up a uh a stream clip YouTube channel, so you can find that as well. And all those links will be in the show notes. Lastly, you can email us any question at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com. Special thanks to my friend Mason Tickle for the transition beats. You can find his work at masontickle.com. Thank you for listening. And red lights during presidential speeches. You canceled. You strongly approved of. It's not... This is the cancel segment. You can't just uncancel the thing that I just canceled. Okay, but why would you cancel it? It was a good thing. As the monarch of Imperial News, (laughs) I hereby decree red lights partially canceled. Look, I'm a compromising monarch. Well, glad I voted for you. Uh, who said you could vote? Albumbia, Albumbia, how lovely are your wheat fields?